Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you're part of a much different story one that supports community. And I know, listeners, that is a community that you love being a part of. So listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get two audiobooks for the price of one or pay $14.99 up front for two audiobook credits when you start a monthly membership. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter WINNER. With each listen, Take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Um, it's just good to have all four of them back together again. And I'm just focusing on right now. Things that we can't control, I try to control uh, what's in my house. And I'm really enjoying being able to force times and able to write and being able to Zoom and coming to you guys' as homes and just talk about books, man. So, man, thanks for having me, man. From I Am Every Good Thing, quote, I am not what they might call me. I will not answer to any name that is not my own. I am what I say I am. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 608. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Derek Barnes, as well as a team of summer camp co-hosts. That's right, my fourth and fifth grade podcast students are back, and they helped with today's interview. Crown, an ode to the fresh cut, was received widely with praise and fanfare and awards and state book lists, and my students as well were fully enamored with the story of the confidence carried along with a fresh haircut. So when there was an opportunity to speak with Derek about I Am Every Good Thing, his next picture book with longtime friend and illustrator Gordon C. James, I thought bringing on my students would be extra special. Derek talks about the importance to see each other through the same lens, but also recognize our differences in the process. He reminded my students that we define who we are. He left a mark both in his book and in our conversation that will endure and resonate with my readers and with me 
for a long time. We're so excited for you to hear this conversation too. Please welcome our guest, Derek Barnes, author of I Am Every Good Thing. All right, my name is Derek D. Barnes, and I am uh, from Kansas City, Missouri, originally, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Been here for six years, uh, married to my college sweetheart, Dr. Tinker Barnes. Uh, she's actually testing uh, twice a week. She's doing COVID testing twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but she's off today, so I'm glad to have her home. I've been married for six years. Uh, met in college uh, at Jackson State University. Uh, we have four sons, 19-year-old Ezra, 15-year-old uh, Solo, 13-year-old uh, Silas, who's the cover boy for Crown, and 9-year-old uh, Nandi. He just turned nine last week. He's the cover boy for kindergarten. So uh, I have 12, 11 or 12 titles, and uh, a ton of titles coming out over the next two or three years. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> That is awesome. We're happy about that. Our entire school read King of Kindergarten last year. It was one of our Credit Scott King nominees. We do a mock Credit Scott King Award. And as you know, we all, all of us love Crown as mm -hmm. well as many of your other books. But I got to say, I Am Every Good Thing moved me in a really special way. I love oh. your poetic text. I love the way you write. I love the way you and Gordon make books together. So yeah. I'm just I'm just excited that that we continue to have these wonderful books by you, Derek. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's uh it's so awesome to be back working working with Gordon again. We've been friends for 19 years now. He was the first person I met. My, my first job right out of college was as a copywriter for All My Cars. I, I wrote all the beautiful poetry and, and the funny stuff that you read in your greeting cards when you buy Hallmark. And he was the first person that I met. He actually, um, he connected me with our um, agent and I'm still with her now. I've been with her for, oh man, I've been with her for 15 years, Regina Brooks. So yeah, Gordon and I go way back I don't know what took us so long to finally work together to finally make Crown, man. We should have <laughs> did this years ago, man. <laughs> well, to, to be working with someone longer than these children have been alive, almost twice as long, is really, I think, speaks yeah. to the connections you make in life. And I know that the, my students mm -hmm. are making those some of those connections right now. Students, yeah. before we go much further into interviewing Derek, I'd love for you to say hi and maybe share a little bit about how you felt about reading I Am Every Good Thing. E, do you want to start right. and share a little bit about your reflection? I found the book really um, nice and um, I found um, um, very interesting how um, you mentioned um, the victims of pr police brutality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, E was very moved by your dedication in the beginning. And, mm -hmm. and what, um, why don't we talk about that right now, if you don't mind, um, why that was important for you to, to lead the book that way, to dedicate the book that way? Uh, you know, it, um, man, you know, if, if you, if you are a student of history, um, in regards to African-American history, which I am fully aware of, I, 
I know that the interaction between uh, black men and the police in this country didn't start with Michael Brown. I spent a long, torrid history there. And now that I am a father and I have four sons that I've, I pour so much into, um, as, you know, in regards to making sure that they grow up to be good men and good citizens and they are difference makers and they will one day be fathers and they will be husbands. And I think about uh, Trayvon Martin. I think about Michael Brown. I think about, you know, Tamir Rice and what they could have been if the world wasn't the way that it is, you know? And, it, um, you know, those boys could have been my sons or they could have been my brothers or they could have been my cousins, you know? And uh, I, I feel so much for their mothers. I feel for their fathers. You know, they're gonna always have these lasting memories, dreams, ideals. And I know that's the case for every brown and black boy all across the planet. So this was my, um, this was my dedication to them. Is to say that you know, there there are there are people that love us. They want to have a future. They want us to have a life. And 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 we care about our grandmothers. And we like to have fun. And we are funny. And we are full of life. And I wanted to 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 kind of squeeze all of that into this poem. That's beautiful. C, Thank do you, you want to say hi and share your thoughts about I am every good thing? Um, hi, I, I'm C. <laughs> um, I really, really liked your, um, book, and I really liked how you basically were saying that everyone is equal, um, without saying it. You kind of incorporated that into the lesson. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for catching that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's important that we view each other through the same lens while at the same time trying to understand that we do come from different parts of the world and we do all bring something important to the table, but at the end of the day, we all still human beings, right? And so we uh, have the same fears, we have the same uh, expectations and, and goals that everyone has. And, you know, in some parts of the country, um, people may not come in contact with people of color, you know? so. I just feel like a part of my job as an artist and as a father is to create these images so that when they read my books, they go, oh, okay, now I understand. His sons are just like my sons, you know? His sons are just like my friends that I go to school with, you know what I mean? So um, every single book that I work on, I think about that. I think about what my role is as a artist and as a writer, and that's just to create books that hopefully make the world better and open up people's view, um, people's worldview of other, you know, human beings. That's great. Hey, Kay, do you want to say hi and share a little bit about your thoughts about the book? Hi, my name is Kay, and okay. I probably like the same things as Steve, probably. <laughs> I figured we all had um, similar reactions and talked endlessly about Gordon's art in this book because he brings such vibrant joy into each of these pictures. Jay, before I talk too much more, I don't want to take anybody else's words. Jay, do you want to share some thoughts too? Yeah, I'm Jay. Um, I thought that your book was very powerful and strong. 
Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much, man. Um, yeah, you know, Crown uh, was my first picture book. And it was my first book. Um, it was my first book with a small publisher. So I think Crown was like my eighth or ninth book. And it did extremely well. Changed my life. It opened me up to a more broader audience. And so now the thinking after Crown was, all right, how do we follow this up, man? <laughs> how do we follow up Crown? You know, you just don't want to be a, a one-hit wonder. So, uh, you know, the next year, King um, Garden came out. And it was it debuted on the New York Times bestsellers list. So I was like, <laughs> you know, that was a <laughs> no big No pressure, Derek. No pressure. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So this book is, uh, is, the, is the first follow-up for Gordon and myself. And uh, I love working with him because we, first of all, we're friends. So if I don't like illustration, I can call him up. I don't like it. If he, if he wants me to change uh, or maybe move a few words around, you know, um, he can tell me that and he won't hurt my feelings. Uh, we can meet up for lunch because he actually lives in uh, Charlotte as well. And that usually never happens. Most of the time, the uh, publisher matches you up with a with an illustrator that you may or may not even know, and they only interact on the phone and the uh, you know via email. But since Gordon Gordon and I are friends, we can we can argue and go back and forth and make up and hopefully create a beautiful picture. It has the same impact as a crown. So we'll see. That sounds like a real collaboration, a give and take. And I think that mm -hmm. being able to see your work, both of you, your work uh, dance on the page that way is powerful. I wonder if, Derek, you have I Am Every Good Thing in front of you that you might want to share an excerpt with us. I have a page marked that is is one of my favorite turns of phrase that you use, but I'd love yep. to hear you share as well. Yeah, we just, so they just uh, overnighted us at two actual real copies, man. And oh, I have a I, floppy copy. You have a uh, final, no. nice. <laughs> I, had, I had that for maybe about a month and it was so hard to do readings <laughs> you know, on Zooms, but man, this has the raised gold letters and it just, you know, the, the whole smell of a new book. I love it, man. So, uh, yes, I would love to share this with you guys, man. Share what I can. Again, I dedicate the book to uh, the memory of Tamir Rice, whose 18th birthday was yesterday. He would have graduated from high school. Uh, Trayvon Martin, E.J. Bradford, Jordan Edwards, Michael Brown, Jordan Davis, and Julian Mallory. And Gordon dedicated the book to his son, Gabriel, and all the little brothers like him. I am a nonstop ball of energy, powerful and full of light. I'm a go-getter, a difference maker, a leader. I am every good thing that makes the world go round. You know, like gravity or the glow of moonbeams over a field of brand new snow. I am good to the core, like, a, like the center of a cinnamon roll. Yeah, that good. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Learn how you can support the show and access exclusive podcast episodes, a book club, and more by visiting patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner. 
That's patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner. Derek, we've got some questions for you, but one of the ones that came up, if I can ask, because I did not know, I, I think I heard you that this book was not written when Crown came out. You wrote this book after Crown. It wasn't like I a manuscript hanging out. Yeah. So yeah. where, yeah. <laughs> when did you arrive at that voice of I am, that affirmative I am, I am carrying us through? You know, Sylvia Platt had that, that um, has that great line about the voice of our heart beating is I am, I am, I mm. am. And it made yeah. me think of that. But I am um, is um, is um, a biblical phrase, uh, also. But I wrote this poem. Well, it, it was it was actually a poem I wrote after in 2018. It was a clothing company that put out an ad, and it was an international ad. It wasn't actually an ad that was here in the U.S. And they had a African boy, this cute little African boy. He was like maybe nine or ten. He had a green hoodie on that said, "The coolest monkey in the jungle." And I and calling black people monkeys is, is like an old racist, you know, epithet that has lasted for, you know, generations. And just going back, um, um, looking at the uh, victims of police brutality that I dedicate this book to, I I just wanted to create a uh, a uh, anthem and a theme that we. Uh, we define who we are. We define who our children are, not you, not a clothing company, not pop culture, not these stereotypes that, you know, you know, seem to persist and, and get passed down from generation, you know, to generation. I, I think somewhere it has to stop. And and this was this was my opportunity and this was my attempt to kind of create that anthem, you know. Students, do any of you have questions that that have come up so far in your mind that you want to hop in and ask, Derek? We've got some great ones that we brainstormed in the chat. I'd love for Jay. It looks like you're getting ready to ask. Do you want to jump in first? All right, come on, Jay. Um, what do you hope that readers will take away from your book? Um. Again, you know, I I, I kind I, I hope that readers all across the globe are able to if if again if they don't have African American boys or boys of color in their immediate circle, maybe they don't go to school with them, maybe don't maybe they don't teach them, maybe maybe they don't live in their neighborhood. I just wanted to create a more lyrical and authentic window. So that um, you know, the reader can see into the world of a child that doesn't look like them, or doesn't look like children that are around them. But I want I want you to see I want you to see the similarities in your life. Like uh, there's one line in the book I say I am um, I am sw um, swimming pools on Saturday morning. You know, during the summer I'm too off a uh, diving board right into the pool. I mean, everybody can relate to that. Everybody understands to uh, say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, and to help their grandmother to cross the street. I want to tie in these tiny similarities that everybody can identify with. And even though the, the kids in the book may not look like you, 
I want you to understand that you all have the same ideas and, and the same goals, you know, and everybody just wants to be happy and get along. And uh, hopefully this book does that. Yeah, beautiful. C, do you want to ask another one? When you were writing Crown, did you expect it to win all those awards? Well, yes and no. Because I had been in the industry, um, see, Crown came out in 2007. My first books came out in 2004. So it had been a long road. I had been in the business for 12 years. So I did not expect it to do what it did. But on the other side of that, I am extremely confident and I am optimistic. I always expect good things to happen to me. And so I, I feel like if I put in the effort, if I put in the work, eventually something will open up for me, you know? And I want you guys to have that kind of mindset as well. You know, things are not gonna always work out the way you want them to work out. You're not gonna always have the outcome that you expect to have. But if you continue to move forward, and keep working. You got all of you guys will end up being, you know, great citizens and have, you know, great careers. It's not always line up, you know, the way you think it's gonna line up. But if you are constantly moving forward and continue to work, uh, it was I, I went through a six-year period where I didn't have any books published, but I continued to work and I wrote and I worked on books that nobody wanted. There were no like that with book deals on the table. I stayed up to two, three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes. And over those six years, I wrote like 30 books. I wrote novels, graphic novels, and chapter books. I would not give up on myself. And so I didn't expect Crown to do as well, you know, as it did, but I knew the kind of work that I put into my craft. So um, it's kind of yes and no, you know? We don't always know how our art is going to connect with the world, but students, I no. want to give you a little insight into my like library world and kidlet world. If you look behind Derek, he's got a framed picture of the cover of Crown, right? Now I want you to look at that picture and all of the crowns that Gordon has painted as sort of an, as a crown, as an arc over the child's head. When the book came out and started winning awards, so many of us in the library world were saying, you could almost put an award on every one of those individual crowns. <laughs> a crown of, of awards. It was a beautiful thing. And I think that, I think that this- A meeting about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually had a meeting. We, had a, we actually had a meeting with the publishing company. They asked us, they had a few mock-ups of, you know, of the award. We actually won eight and they, they couldn't fit all of them. And they they had a few mock-ups, and some of them I, I did like. Them. I, I ended up liking the one that, that you know that they have now. And they had an option to actually buy the stickers, or they can have the the uh, awards print on the cover, which seemed to be more cost-effective. So they ended up you know, printing them on the uh, cover. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, if you if you had told me in 2015 that my biggest book would be a book about how a boy feels after getting a haircut, I would not have. I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> I, but, think, uh, I think to take I it. Because I kept working. Because you kept working. working. You were staying up till two or three at night, <laughs> writing, 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 and not That's stopping. Right. And not That's writing right. for someone who was buying your book, but writing for the future. I am writing knowing that I am writing for a kid. 
I think that that's powerful. I love that in I'm Every Good Thing, my favorite line of text that you wrote, Derek, is I am a brother, a son, a nephew, a favorite cousin, a grandson. I am a friend. I am real. Real. I am tight hugs, a hand to hold, a shoulder to cry on if you have to. I hope you never have to. I am here. And although I'm something like a superhero, every now and then, I am afraid. I'm not what they might call me. And I will not answer to any name that is not my own. I am what I say I am. I think that you... All right. I think I, I think we just found a person that's going to do the audio. Oh. <laughs> All right. I it, think... Man. I think I said this to you last time when you were on. I think that when you give language like that, that is poetry, that that does affirm. This is a book that I felt very privileged to read to these students. We're not in school now, so I haven't had kids to read to. But this is a book that feels very much like it's meant to read aloud and to look in the eyes of those students that you're reading to and speak that Mm -hmm. truth to them. So I appreciate that affirming voice that I've known you to have already, but I appreciate that the kids get to hear it as well. It's very powerful. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I was just I was just having a conversation with Gordon the other day about one of these days we won't have to write books like this, hopefully. You know, I I I, I wanna write more stories, which which I have. But Crown and I Am Every Good Thing are um affirming books, which we need at this current time. But one of these days, hopefully, we won't have to write a book about the about the humanity of our sons, about black boys, black and brown boys. But until that day comes, I will, will continue to try to crank them out, you know? So this hey, is on, needed. Yeah, I, I love that. If I can just point it out for all of us on this recording right now, you saying, I hope the one day these books aren't going to be needed. That we'll be in a world where these books aren't needed, but you keep doing it until you meet that need. I love that my student C, we keep using first initials, every day of this week in um, our podcasting summer camp, she has reminded us when it turns 11-11 to make a wish. And I just want to call out in that great cosmic timing that you were saying that wish when she was affirming that it was 11-11, make a wish. And so I just wanna, I wanna affirm that beautiful moment that we just all shared together. I see, I see my boy Jay smiling right now. That was a beautiful moment to share that. Students, right. e, e and K in particular, I haven't heard from you recently. Do you want to share another comment or question? I wanna give you a chance before we wrap up our time together. And C, I'm gonna come back to Serial. Derek, we have a thing about cereal that's going to blow your mind, I think, but not yet. Right. Hold on. Go ahead, Kay. Go ahead. <laughs> do you write, do you only write books for children or do you also write books for adults? I've only written children's books. When I, when I worked at Hallmark Cards way back in, I worked there from 1999 to 2002. Uh, so when I first started writing children's books, and I just I haven't uh, ventured off into anything else. I want to I want to do more nonfiction, um, biographical type books. I love reading autobiographies. I'm I'm so fascinated by people from different walks of life that have gone through trials and 
you know, tribulations, but still ended up being great, you know, individuals. I'm so I'm so fascinated by, you know, autobiography. So maybe one day wow. I'll write an adult book. But right now I'm I'm having too much fun writing children's books. I got to say, you really piqued my interest when you mentioned about writing graphic novels. That happens to be a sweet spot of mine. Not only that I like to write comics, but I love to read comics. So the fact that so many folks seem to be writing or trying out that format for storytelling is really exciting. This also, in a year that we saw a graphic novel win the Newbery, and it was New Kid, no less. It was a phenomenal graphic novel win that Newberry. So I love that people are trying out that form. Oh my God. I, I, I called I called Gary uh, as soon as I got the news about the Kirkus, about the Newberry. He and I have been friends for a little while and we would call and talk to each other about the business and just tell each other to hang in there, that you know, just keep on cranking out books. And I, I was just I'm so happy for him, man. Last year was just it was just a dream year for him, man. And he deserves it. He's just such a nice guy, you know, such oh, a yeah. nice guy. So mm-hmm. good. And he's got a sequel coming out in October. It's all, it's all exciting, but yeah. I digress. We're here to talk to you. I'm glad that you have awesome author uh, friends. That's cool. That's cool to know that. <laughs> e, e, did you want to, you want to share something? How do you inspire you to become? And like, how do your kids inspire you? Oh, okay. How do my kids? Oh man. Um, I don't, you know, you know, more than just being a uh, author, they just inspire me to be a, a a better person because I know that I'm their living example of what a man should be. And, you know, I talk about this with my friends all the time about how, uh, you know, when you're raising boys, like I am only one type of man. I'm not the kind of guy that uh, fix trucks and chops down trees and, and do, and, you know, and, and, and do those kind of things. But, I have introduced them to a world of jazz music, literature. I I I wear my emotions on my sleeve, so it's a lot easier for me to, you know, to I guess to convey my emotions, which is a lot easier for me. And um, I'm just one type of man, but I always I always pray that they meet other type of men when as they as they grow up and go out. And they, and they meet other um, type of, you know, positive influences. So just the whole idea of, of just showing them my work ethic and what kind of man I am. And, you know, those things motivate me just to be a better person, not not just a better writer, but just to be a better man, you know, um, to be a, a better husband to their mom. And, uh, yeah, you know, because none of them want to be an artist, and I'm really happy about that. Cause it's a hard life, but uh, they just pushed me to be a uh, be- just to be a better human being, you know. That was a great that was a great question to end on. E, I'm so glad you asked mm-hmm. that, Derek. We're so glad Thank to you. have spent this time with you. This was really special, and and it was neat to get this great sense of all that you've written. But I've got to say, before I wrap up with our final question, as I was reading your biography, as we were preparing our questions yesterday, we read the book, we thought up questions. We were reading your biography to, to learn more about you, and we learned about your four boys. But I shared in, or in your biography, it mentions your chapter book series, Ruby and the Booker Boys, 
and C and E both, their eyes lit up and they were like, I know that book. And then they literally went and grabbed it from their shelf and put it in front of the camera, which was adorable. But then C said, I actually did, I chose that book to use as a project for an assignment in third grade. And it involves cereal. So C, I would love for you to share a little bit about that project if you don't mind. Um, I can actually go get it. So basically right. what it is, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> She's going to go get it. I love it, man. I love, I love when I receive emails of, of people who've done projects, you know, and they dress up like Ruby. Yeah, even kids are trying to dress up and pose like the uh, cover of Crown. Those little things make my day, man. I just love it. Because that uh, change the way people think about the world and the way they feel about themselves. And uh, man, I love getting those emails. That's wonderful. We had, um, mm-hmm. this is my first year at this school with them. I, I moved schools and right away in the beginning of the year, uh, we, I was talking to them about Bookface. And so uh-huh. Crown happens to be one of these perfect books to do Bookface. So one of my students, yeah. one of my now, my my rising fifth graders, we made a poster of him doing a book face with crown that hung up outside of our library almost the entire school year. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, C is I'm, back. I'm gonna have to send you a, I have to send you a uh, actual poster, man. Of, of I would love that. At least it's, it's not as big as this, but it is, it is, it is huge though. So yeah, I love that. Send sure. you one. <laughs> All right, C, you're back. Tell us about the cereal. So I couldn't find this. I couldn't. I couldn't find the cereal box, but I can tell you guys about it. Okay. So basically, what it was was on. So I needed to think of an idea that would be a catchy name for cereal. So I did. Um, I forget what the name of the school was, but it was like something superstars. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was like on the front. It said it was a bunch of stars. Um in a bowl and it said now featuring cotton candy clouds because that was her favorite song that yes. inspired her to sing <laughs> cotton candy clouds yes <laughs> i remember that i thought for a kid to take a book and to love it so much and then to think about how we can reframe it in these little bites of well, literally i guess bites of its cereal but these little bites of inspiration, how would you take a food or a, an inspiration in the story and turn it into a cereal? Or how would you on the side of the box put these little facts about characters? I thought that's a really interesting way to, to um, share what you connected with in a story, little bite-sized nuggets. That was cool. Yeah. Um, um, I, I take at least two weeks before I start working on the lead profile, the main character. So, it's like creating a whole person before I even start on the story. So we work on their favorite songs, their favorite colors, what's their favorite cereal. I work on, you know, the way they wear their hair and their clothes. And it takes me like two weeks to do those profiles so I can better understand the character before I start working on the story. So yeah, I remember working on those profiles and I uh, came up with Cotton Candy Clouds. That was our favorite series, a song. <laughs> <laughs> what a neat connection. And cool to know that you, <laughs> for all of us the right in this group to know that you 
took so much time or you take so much time just to know the character before you write their story, mm-hmm. I think is a neat thing to hear about going slow with the story. So you really know mm-hmm. what voice you're writing. That's great. Yeah. Well, so Derek, important. thank you so much again for spending so much time with us and us getting to yes, learn me. your story. Uh, we really appreciate mm-hmm. this time together. Students, do you all want to unmute and say thanks? And then I'll ask my closing question. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And your parents. Thank you. Uh-huh. So Derek, the way we wrap up this podcast is a is a literal message that I do bring to my students. So I will end this way. I will see a library full of students tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? I want you to tell every single one of them to, um, I know these are challenging and kind of weird times. And, and I want you to tell them to, to not necessarily be in a rush for things to go back to normal, but think about what they could do even as a child, what you can do to make the world a better place so that we, when we finally do open back up and get back to normal and go back to school, it will be a much better world. Everybody has a hand to play in this. And it doesn't matter what age you are or where you come from. Let's just try to make this world a, a better place. And, and it's going to start with each individual person. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.